Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence one stripe at a time. Well, hi, everybody, Wes McDonald, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of TigerTube. Now, if you can't see any of us on the screen today, that means you're actually listening to us on Tiger Paw Radio, and I want to thank you for doing that as well. So pretty exciting lineup today. This is very dealer-focused. This is uh, one that I always love to do, uh, to be able to support the dealer community and to be able to help other dealers through the experiences uh, of, their, of their own people. And the past few years have certainly tested the metal of business leaders in the office equipment channel. Um, it's not gotten any easier with the chip shortages and supply chain uh, issues. There are those that would have you believe that uh, the space will continue to suffer, that MPS and the value of A3 are dead, but are they? Um, and what other ways uh, must organizations flex and adapt to prosper in the age of, you know, what we call the new office, right? So want to thank everyone for coming in today. Um, Bob Evans uh, with Function 4, Brian Stevenson of Footprint Managed Services, and Jeff Bendix at Bendix Imaging. So thank you, gentlemen, one and all, for coming in today. Thanks, Wes. Hey, thanks, Wes. Now, one of the things that I love to do, I know that sometimes people will introduce you and read off all your accolades, uh, but nobody knows you better than yourself. So as is my habit, I'm going to get you to introduce yourselves. So yeah, quickly, I, I've been in the print, in print industry, print space for about 25 years, so pretty well my entire working career. Uh, started way back as a sales rep with Lanier and eventually became the leader of, I think, two pretty successful MPS practices. The first one was Laser Networks and now Footprint. Uh, so today I spend most of my time on two initiatives. One is as the president of Footprint Managed Services, and the other part of my world is as the director of Intech, which sits under the buying group, independent suppliers group, uh, includes many of the most progressive MPS resellers in the U.S., that's my, maybe my day-to-day -day role. I've been fortunate to participate as a founder and a longtime board member of the MPSA, just Your recently brother. retired. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Wes. Uh, and spending some time now as a member of HP's advisory council and part of a technology committee with NOPA, which is the uh, National Office Products Alliance. My, okay, my first job out of university was playing fast pitch softball in New Zealand. Um, maybe if I'd been a little better, I'd it lasted longer than one season down there, but that was uh, that was my first job out of school. My name is Bob Evans. I'm based out of Houston, Texas. I've been in the office equipment industry for 37 years. Uh, started with Lanier and uh, hey. uh, Beaumont, Texas, straight out of college. Worked a few uh, years at Danka. Opened my own uh, dealership with uh, two partners in '98. Um, in the last couple of years, we're getting into the uh, managed IT and and, and services businesses. Uh, so that's continuing to, to grow. Uh, for the last five years, I've been on the BTA of the, uh, on the BTA board, um, national board, and I'm currently the past uh, president. So we'll be cycling off soon. People don't know, I grew up on a farm in a really small town. Uh, was my, so I guess you could say it was my job, but it was just my job from the get-go. And, and once upon a time, I could drive anything with a motor, four wheels and tracks, any kind of heavy ed ed equipment, so. Thanks, West. Uh, Jeff Bendix, uh, founder and president of Bendix Imaging. Uh, however, we generally go by Bendix Technology Center now, just because we do a lot more than just printing and imaging. But uh, just wrapped up our 20th year in business, so not 
quite as um, as long as Brian and Bob, but uh, yeah, a couple decades behind us. And Lord willing, we'll have a couple of more. I was actually invited to go to Dubai this year to help put on one of the world's largest fireworks shows. Wow, that's so, so cool. Uh, not quite sure if I'll be able to make it yet, but yeah, I got that invitation last week. So that's uh, that might be a good New Year's. Well, look at us. We've got New Zealand and Dubai uh, in the interview now. So fantastic. <laughs> you know, one of the things, obviously, that, you know, we do live in challenging times right now, to say the least. And the pandemic has changed a lot of things in the Office Equipment Channel. Talked about a few of those things at the beginning, but maybe you could share with me what you think some of the biggest changes to the channel were uh, that were brought on by, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, sure. So I'm not sure how long to spend on this, but I, I'll highlight three three things that, that I think anyway from from my perspective, one would be how a business sells. Uh, the second one would be what a business sells. And I would say the third one's a shift in the competitive landscape. So mm. if I was to drill into any of those, I think, you know, how a business sells, like there's a significant percentage of dealers that, um, you know, sold through the historic model of, you know, way back cold calls equals demos equals sales or the classic wine them, dine them, sign them. Like, I feel like the coronavirus has changed all of that. Um, obviously, there's, you, just, you, just can't, you just can't see people the same way. Um, and then, you know, what a business sells. If, um, you know, if you're a traditional um, geographic-based independent and everything shut down or slowed down, um, you know, one of the biggest, maybe one of the best options to continue, you know, beyond the PPP or government support was, uh, you know, sell your existing customers more categories. So whether that was PPE, office products, maybe stand up an e-com site, uh, extend your print offering for wide format or impact or some other type of printing, um, you know, or maybe as Bob mentioned earlier, talking about managed services and maybe some of these, some of these independents are, are learning and figuring out how, how to add um, managed IT into their portfolio. Um, and then the third one, which I do think is, is probably going to be lasting is this competitive landscape shift um you know the the geographic guys that that i've spoken with anyway that were focused on the face-to-face -face selling um they were knocked off stride like they they weren't obviously they weren't prepared for a pandemic who like nobody was um <laughs> their way of selling fully disrupted um, but then on the other hand, you've got these resellers that already sold virtually and or through an e-com platform. So CDW, Insight, SoftChoice, SHI, companies like that. Um, and those are larger examples, but they've been able to pick up significant share in the print space during the past year and a half. And, you know, I'm sure people listening could probably highlight other regional VARs that have that have done the same. So that, maybe that's my take on, on West. I agree with Brian on, on the way we sell. I mean, you know, obviously everything went remote, uh, depending on where you were located, uh, depending, it, it was the impact of how remote you went. Here in Texas, we weren't, you know, we were remote for a short period of time, people came back sooner. Um, so, you know, we were selling different products to, to companies, smaller, you know, desktop stuff that they had to be able to take to their, to their house. We had to figure out how to get that to them. Uh, but then in, from the, from a sell side too, also they were buying stuff online. They were buying stuff through other, you know, through the uh, different uh, uh, online stores. And so I agree now, you know, to go out and knock on doors and, and make co-calls is not you know, going to be a long-term uh, play. You're going to have to learn how to 
market yourself online. You're going to have to come up with some kind of e-commerce uh, inside sales team. Uh, you, that was beginning to happen already to a certain extent, and the pandemic actually, you know, sped that up. So on the print side, I definitely think we're going to have to we're going to have to understand that we're going to sell uh, more smaller devices more than likely too, into um, um, you know locations where we did not sell them before in a different way. Uh, on the IT and the, and, the, and the software side, I think the digital transformation sped up. Uh, yeah. you, know, you know, people are much more focused about the cloud now. The ones that did have to go home want, wanted to be able to access their, you know, to their documents. They wanted to be able to co collaborate, uh, phone systems. It's all wrapped into, you know, much more interest in how can I be in the cloud? Well, that's great. Appreciate that. And uh, Jeff Bendix, what about yourself? I know that you and I have had talks about uh, some of the things that you've done to change your business over the years but uh, during the pandemic what, what do you find was you know kind of the biggest uh, uh, challenge or change i was just kind of thinking about that and, and more from a customer standpoint rather than the dealer standpoint hmm. and i think no matter where you were located uh, like here in south dakota we didn't shut down at all we were the only state that didn't shut anything down uh, but everybody was thinking about it what if what if so from the most extreme to, uh, end of uh, restrictions to, to here where we're at, where we have no restrictions. I think pretty much every business owner or manager was thinking about how can I keep my business running with no employees here? And how can I keep my customer spending without letting my customers interact with us in traditional ways? So whatever that means, you know, keeping my employees working, keeping their families fed and keeping them doing their jobs while still serving our client base. And, uh, you know, and the most successful is he, how can we even thrive during this time? How can we leverage things and do things in a different way? So um, every industry, every business is a little different on what technologies they adopted, but uh, nonetheless, it's significantly advanced the maturation of those different products and uh, um, really made everybody much more comfortable with the things that a lot of us were trying to sell for years and convince them on, hey, you need this. And now they realize that they need this. Okay, uh, on to the next question. So when you're on LinkedIn or anywhere else, uh, obviously in the social world, things get uh, expanded probably quite a bit more than, uh, than they should. Uh, and there, there are those that say managed print is dead. So let's go through this one for a second. Is it true, is it false? And some thoughts behind why. And uh, Brian Stevenson, maybe I'll get you to start this one. Yeah, like for customers, the task of tracking your print assets and toner cartridges it was already problematic before the pandemic hit. You throw in this new reality of remote work and Bob and Jeff are very fortunate in the states that they were in. I was in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, 360 days of lockdowns in Toronto. Yep. So it's been brutal. So it's a, obviously a major city. There's probably a lot of similar major cities across the globe that have, you know, that have been challenged with this. But so you throw in this reality of remote work of illness of you know mass turnover now right we're into this great resignation um and i'd say even the ad hoc way of supporting print infrastructure like it's totally come apart in many cases if you had any sort of you know multi-city multi-state multi-country environments it became really difficult or has become really difficult to manage your assets so and and more so now because of the pandemic so from from what I've seen and the people that I've spoken with, I actually think it's, again, the opposite of that. So we've seen mass pickup of MPS in the Soho space. Oh, wow. Uh, we've seen it in the SMB space. 
it was already well saturated, as we know, in the upper mid market and, and the enterprise. Um, and so, I and maybe the the why the why um, it's not slowing down anytime soon. I think it's the broader acceptance of managed services. So, talking about Jeff and Bob that are now, you know. They've incubated managed IT. They're now growing. They're, they're a key component to their businesses. These are clearly being accepted and received by their customers. And, and that significant outsourcing of IT has extended now beyond print into IT services. But then when you look beyond that and, and just into the, into the broader office, we're seeing managed services touching coffee, touching water, like, Hell, they're even touching toilet paper now. Like everything that's janitorial that you can track is being tracked. And from my perspective, it like it most definitely looks like managed services is becoming more locked into the fabric, uh, sorry, the fabric of businesses. Um, that I think it's going to lift several categories, including the well entrenched ones like print. So I so to answer your question, I, I think it's false. Managed print's not dead. <laughs> and uh and I think it's got a, a pretty good uh few years ahead of it. And uh Jeff Bendix, what about yourself? Is managed print dead? Is it uh is it growing or is it changing? What's your take? But uh managed print is absolutely not dead. Um in fact uh just my operation uh, we're on track to uh if the next couple months are good we should hit 40% growth in our managed print this year. Wow. So um, it is absolutely not dead. We're bringing on new clients regularly. So 40% growth seems seems a lot stronger than dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, not, uh, not anything to sneeze at there. So uh, it's, um, yeah, people are very receptive. Like Brian said, everything, people are much more used to just outsourcing it and just saying, it, okay, it's yours, you take care of it. I just want one bill to write and be done. And I want it out of my head and just have somebody that I trust that's gonna take care of it. And if you provide that, no matter what the service is, um, as I mentioned, you know, we, we pretty much try to roll into a, a, a customer environment anymore and we take over everything. We start with the perimeter, the cybersecurity, network security, data, uh, you know, managed IT services, maintenance servers, everything, and bring it all on. And we just include print as part of that. Right. Um, it's it's not even a discussion point. I I almost never even quote. And how about you, Bob? Uh, is managed print dead uh, on life support growing? What what are your what's your perspective in your area? I definitely don't think it's dead. I think it's actually growing. I think it's where you're selling. It's going to change. Um, and I, you know, same same thing. Everybody was talking about the whole mantra about print volumes and print placements are going down. You know, maybe so. Our print volume went down. You know, thirty five percent before we bottomed out. In 2020 in august over over 2019 you know we're back this august was the first time we're back to 2019 numbers in the print volume side of it oh that's so great think, yeah i think that's coming uh back and and, and kind of like jeff though our, our total if you'll say just an mfp service was down 12 percent last year our mps service was up 32 percent wow um and so i you know i do believe that you know people are you know more volumes being pushed to printers uh, they want, you know, th th those companies want somebody to come in and uh, help them control those costs and are, are, are willing to pay for that. I think eventually uh, we're already seeing it happen. It's going to become a subscription model. Uh, you're going to be a flat rate. You know, the, 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 the CPP is dead. It's dying. And, and I mean, you've already seen manufacturers that are coming out. You know, Kia Sarah just introduced one, a program for their dealers. 
Conicum and Oats was already selling a flat rate program. And so we were doing that too. We, we, we started testing it on the print side and we're actually in the process of, uh, you know, beginning to look to roll that out on our MFP side too. I think in the future, companies are gonna wanna pay one flat rate for phones, print, IT, and we're gonna have to figure out how to deliver. Here's a little known fact. Uh, the first time uh, that I kind of got the idea of moving into a uh, flat rate direction was with Brian Stevenson, uh, <laughs> not too far from his house, uh, having a pint. You remember that, Brian? I totally do, Wes. Yeah, maybe a couple <laughs> pints. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. And how many years ago was that, right? So, yeah. yeah I, I'm a, Yeah, I'm a big believer, Bob, in what you say yeah. there is that, you know, although managed print uh, isn't dead, that it is changing and that it's uh, really interesting to see sort of this proliferation of uh, flat rate and other models in which people are trying to, you know, change how customers kind of acquire these services, right? Hey, uh, Bob, you mentioned earlier that um, obviously you're seeing a difference in the mix that you did see a, a slight decrease in your A3 and, uh, you know, a, a 30 plus percent increase in, you know, the A4 business, right? So maybe it's a good time to shift gears. I'll, I'll ask this question in two parts. Um, one, uh, A3, A4 mix, obviously, I think it is changing and maybe just talk about how. But the second one, uh, maybe you guys could touch on is... Uh, the difference between ink sales and toner sales. And I just did an interview last week with a couple of large distributors and they were talking about the growth of ink in their, you know, in their distribution channels. Right. So uh, is that a reality? Is it happening? So, you know, maybe we'll start there and, uh, and Bob, maybe you could start us off on that. Uh, the A3, A4 mix, as you started to talk about, uh, delve into that a little more. How's that changing? What's happening? We're seeing that happen before the pandemic. I think the pandemic again sped that up, you know, with, uh, Companies looking at it and going, I don't need as big equipment. I don't have as many people in here and, and, and devices going to, you know, remote locations. And so we've been tracking it for a couple of years. Last year, our A4 sales were up 263% over the year before. 263%. Um, 263% over the year before. Uh, and so, you know, we're seeing a lot more, you know, a, a, a lot more of that going out. That's, uh, you know, it's now 16% of our total MFP hardware. Uh, and so, you know, we, we see that number continuing to, to uh, increase. And I think we're going it, to, it's going to happen. In 2020, it was 7.4% of our total uh, hardware, total MFP hardware. And so, we, you know, we really see that, that beginning to happen. We're not doing a lot of ink. We're an authorized HP, but, you know, we didn't push the page wide as much, which is good because they're yeah. going away. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's definitely A4, uh, you know, we do primarily HP, do some Kyocera on the A4 side too. Uh, and those, you know, we're, pu we're pushing a lot more of those devices, uh, color and black and white. Okay, that's great. So huge increase in A4 yeah. wow. and looks like uh, still predominantly toner. And uh, Brian Stevenson, how about yourself? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, we're set up a little differently than Bob, where we've been more of a decentralized model. Uh, so we are heavy HP for sure. Um, and I would say there was um in the markets that we participate in and with the resellers we work with that um, there was a shift for sure in the early days of the pandemic not quite back to that swivel chair printing but smaller work group mfps uh, were replacing some centralized devices i think right it's obvious i think helps reduce you know foot traffic and fewer hands touching devices which uh, you know i'll kind of relate around the coronavirus um and, I, and, I've, and Bob's point's really interesting um, in that we've seen and worked with a lot of, um, you know, call it 
agent dealers or ones that have been primarily a, um, you know, they, they carry primarily a copier based device, A3 heavy device. And during the pandemic, they've done a really nice job uh, in many cases picking up an A4 line to complement that. And, and, and really as an extension for their business, maybe a lot of them historically walked by those smaller printers and and when the pandemic hit, there was an opportunity there to sell to sell more to their base. And um, and obviously, uh, I think Bob's 100% right. A3 to A4, uh, the trend's been happening a while, probably got sped up during the pandemic. And the laser ink mix is interesting, Wes. I, you know, you're seeing ink come up probably because of the page-wides. Um, they've now been announced that they're going to be discontinued. Five years from now, they'll be probably out of market. And um, and so what does that mean for, you know, the others that are playing in the space? Epson's got a great product out there that's high volume, ink based. Um, you know, other, other players are coming in with ink. Will they, will they stay down that platform or will they move back to laser uh, given the move from HP? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll see, eh? But yeah. It really is interesting. I was uh, surprised, I think, as anybody once uh, HP made that announcement on the uh, on the page wide, right? Right. Um, you just never know what's going to happen in this channel, right? <laughs> never do. So. Hey, uh, Jeff Bendix, what about yourself on the uh, A3 to A4 front? What are you, what are you seeing and what are you predicting? Uh, yeah, we, we've been seeing the A3 to A4 conversion for many years. And, and uh, in fact, we pr predominantly sell A4 devices um, over A3. So that that's nothing new to to uh, to our customer base. Um, very very common for us to go in against an A3 device, and while while we can sell them to just show them what they actually need, you know, run the reports off the devices or pull it off of our uh, print fleet monitoring or what have you, and just show them here's what you're actually using. Now let's talk actual numbers based on your needs, and uh, you know that that shift has been going on for a long time. Uh, but yeah, like like Bob said with uh, um, all the remote work and people being more spread out or working from home or remote locations, uh, you know, getting all the, all the small, uh, A4 devices bought up out of the market, you know, like now there's like nothing to sell, right? Everything's, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's waiting for manufacturing to catch back up, which yeah. is, a, which is a, a frustrating, but, uh, uh, yeah, everybody's been using these things for a year and a half now and saying, Hey, I'm getting by just fine. Uh, you know, why do I need that 10 or $15,000 machine when I can have a whole fleet of these other ones for half of that? So interesting to see that mix of, of growth on the, uh, on the A4 side. That kind of gives us a good segue into uh, remote work, right? And obviously a lot of the A4 opportunity being driven uh, because of the decentralization of the office, right? So is this a temporary thing to get us through the pandemic or is this going to be a permanent uh, change to how and where people work and Bob maybe I'll get you to take this one first I think it's going to be a, a hybrid you're going to have you know there were there was already some of that happening too right but especially with the younger generation I have a uh, a daughter who you know she hasn't worked in an office in five years right uh, or six years right she's a, a, a software developer and so you know certain jobs are going to continue to be that some are going to I think come back I think it's also going to depend possibly on what part of the United States you're in or what other country, right? Oh, sure. Uh, again, you know, uh, a lot more jobs came back in Texas uh, earlier. Um, some of the you know, cost of living is high, um, you know, may, may not. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. 
Yeah, it's interesting what you say that there is definitely a geographic component to the answer yeah. to the question, right? So, yeah, well, I think here in Canada West, I'd imagine just the, how big remote work is here uh, that it's that it's going to be here. I you know for at least the balance of my working lifetime. So at a minimum, probably. And as Bob's mentioned, like his daughter working and then this next generation of talent, which everyone's clamoring for now, they, they're looking, they're seeking different things. So I would imagine um, the remote workforce, at least in Canada, will be pretty significant. And that, you know, that's probably a, a, a legit opportunity for, for resellers that can sell into into that into that space, figure out how how to do it efficiently, how they can you know how they can add value to it, and I, I you know I look at you know the program that, that you speak about a lot, West, in terms of flat rate. Um, for, I think for a for an independent to be successful, trying to target this space, it, you can't customize every solution like an MPS. It, it this has to be. It has to be standardized. You know, we saw what HP's done with Instant Ink and their ability to hit 10 million subscriptions. It has, it's got to be that easy. And then maybe there's a, there's some layer of value that a dealer can add on top of that. Um, and if you can do that, then I think it's scalable. I think there's a real opportunity. Um, and if you can't do that, then, you know, from my perspective anyway, I'd say be really cautious about spending a lot of time in that area. Yeah, I love what you say about this, you know, this idea that certainly um, in Canada, that remote opportunity is going to be huge. And I think in a lot of uh, areas that um, uh, are as, as dispersed as we are for populations, right, that it's always been kind of a, you know, a thing anyway. <laughs> but this idea that a flat rate adding value on top of that base offering is how we, you know, start to look at making more money in the future, right? So I'll be interested to follow that as well. Uh, to see how we add value in a subscription economy, especially one that is uh, predominantly online, right? Right. And uh, Jeff Bendix, what about yourself in your area? You mentioned obviously that you guys didn't even have lockdowns. So um, is remote work affecting you? Is it impacting you? Is it here to stay? Um, I agree with everything the other two gentlemen said. Uh, I think certain roles, certain types of jobs are very conducive to a remote work while others aren't conducive to it at all. So uh, it'll definitely be blended, but uh, um, in like forums and peer groups and things I'm part of, and I watch you know, our chat forums and stuff every day, more and more managed service providers are being asked by their customers regularly uh, on this remote work. Okay, we've kind of already taken care of the security kind of things you know, making sure that you're securing the computers they're working on and what they're logging into and password hygiene and things of that nature. But how do I know if there is print? How do I know they're using that for business purposes and it's not all printing out kids' homework? Um, how do I know, how can I monitor what my employees are doing? So now they have company-owned devices in many cases and they're on the clock, if you will, but how do I know they're working? So looking for oversight technologies to monitor what those people are doing during the day. Um, even uh, application whitelisting, controlling what they can do on those PCs. So there's lots of other opportunities for those remote workers to, to provide to those businesses to, uh, to keep their businesses and their employees and their customers safe and secure and to, to uh, make sure the business isn't bleeding a lot of cash out of all those different endpoints. Uh, that are sitting in everybody's houses. 
Yeah, it's such a big consideration. And, and Bob mentioned earlier sort of this growth in the cloud, right, for cloud services. And, and print's certainly not free of that, right? That, you know, cloud print solutions um, are really, um, have had a huge uh, uptake. I work with a lot of partners as well that do some of these oversight technologies that you talk about, right? If it's a user management or application level control, you know, kind of et cetera. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's certainly the, the, the importance of software you know, beyond uh, just sort of print drivers anymore is definitely seems to be taking center stage, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, and, and it kind of uh, segues into the next question, which is, you know, uh, you know, Bob and and Jeff, you guys have both added managed IT, uh, you know, to your businesses and and grown through it. And Brian, you've done other things with your business as well. How how important is diversification for the future of the office equipment channel? Um, or can people make a run at it uh, just doing pure play managed print services? And uh, Brian, maybe I'll get you to start that question. Oh, well, yeah, I think it depends. Sorry for the really vague answer. That's a good um, answer. It's a true you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, quite frankly, probably every dealer at this point knows whether they have to change or they don't. Um, you know, and the ones that do know they have to change and are progressive, they're likely on their way to updating that business model if it requires some adjustment. Um, so, uh, yeah, what would I say? If if you've got a great e-com platform and you've been selling virtually for a while, you know, you're probably cruising, you're probably just gaining share and your focus is doubling down on gaining share. You're probably not spending time um, looking at, you know, extending your portfolio. Um, but if you're, you know, maybe geographically focused or you manage major accounts in major cities and you saw 40% page reductions and you're not like Texas and you've, you know, you've recovered 20% of that loss of those lost pages, you know, you've got to adapt. And maybe the first, you know, your first step at that was bringing in Troy or bringing in, you know, um, Zebra or bringing in mailing solutions or wide format um, just these next concentric circles um, to try to recapture the the volume and then um, and then if it doesn't get you all the way back then i i do think you've got to look beyond print and uh, because because those are real investments jeff and bob right they both spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of resource investing in managed it like you can't just stand those up in 48 hours and say i'm in this business right um, and you're in an environment where there are so many unknowns and and there's and hiring's challenging and and it's not like you're you know your your buckets are full of of revenue that it, this is an easy um incubator project for you so um so yeah I, there, there you go it depends was <laughs> yeah Sorry. Well, no the nugget i really took away from that though is that there are, there are different choices right so that you know those that like you said do have an e-commerce uh, platform or, or have been sort of going down that road already sounds to me like more of a high volume lower margin you know kind of approach to the business right but but yeah. uh, less and then uh, folks like jeff and and bob who've really taken the approach of diversifying those services uh, just completely, you know, different answers to the same question, right? How do I grow? Appreciate that. And uh, Jeff Bendix, maybe I'll get you to add to that. So, you know, what do you think? Uh, obviously, you've diversified your services. Um, I'm not sure what else to add to that. I love Brian's answer. <laughs> kind of <laughs> covers a lot. Yeah, eloquently spoken, Brian. Uh, yeah, the, um, the diversification for us uh, it has been key. Um, I, I agree with with Brian's statement, though, that there 
there likely are a number of dealers out there and in certain markets or geographical regions where they can still just focus on print and, and be uh, very successful at that. Also, I'm sure both Bob and Brian have known over their, their years, uh, they've got more years in it than me, but you know, business is constantly you know, an ebb and flow and you hit a plateau and you go down for a while and come back up. There's a lot of times where you make a whole lot more money with a lot fewer employees. And uh, so some may realize that and you just have a natural reduction in staff, um, you know, just from attrition. And they're like, hey, things are going pretty good. I'm making twice as much money. I have fewer headaches, fewer employees. I'm, I'm a little more laser focused in, in just in this print market. I don't want to deal with anything else. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing good, especially some of those people that may only have five or 10 years left before they want to retire. They're probably not going to take the significant investment uh, of time and money uh, to, to look at diversifying into cybersecurity solutions or other IT services. Uh, it, it, it's a big animal to try to wrangle. And Bob can attest to that. Yeah, and again, it, it seems like your answer was also it depends, right? And that that's another angle to think of is that there is, we are in an aging channel and there are a lot of businesses that are looking for really kind of that, uh, that retirement plan in five or six years. So yeah, different answers for different folks. But congrats on what you're doing in the managed IT space. And Bob, how about yourself? Uh, you know, what color do you have to add to that answer as well? Well, to, to add on to what Jeff said, I, I would agree on it depends. It depends on where, if you're a copier dealer, it depends on where you're at in your, uh, your journey because it is a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort to get into the IT and the, and the services business. And, and so, you know, if I was uh, four or five years out, I don't, I don't believe I would do that. I would look at other options. Uh, you know, whether it was sell or whatever. Uh, but if you're going to stay in this business, you're going to have to do something different because the, uh, you know, the customer demands it. They're, they're putting more and more, uh, uh, more and more pressure on a company to be able to provide other services uh, for them. They want, you know, one throat to choke, so they say. Um, and and it, it's also where the margins are, are at and where the growth is at. Uh, you know, our, our, we've only been in IT for, you know, we really started getting in it in 2018. Uh, but you know we were up 30 percent 19 over to, uh, over 18 we were up 35 uh, percent uh, 20 over um, uh, you know uh, 20 uh, you know 20 over 20 over 19 we're up 53 percent 21 over uh, 20 that number's still a you know smaller uh, piece of the pie for our business but our copier business is not growing that fast I can promise you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, if you know we're holding holding our own if, if we can and the other thing was staying in the copy business by itself, I believe, is where all the price pressure ends up. But, you know, once you start talking to people about solutions, handling all types of, of business problems, they let focus a whole lot less on the, on the cost uh, and are much more interested in, in the value that you bring. And so it's just it's going to be impossible to be, in my opinion, to be a long term copier print only guy. Yeah, I like what you say. So the, the need for change really to, you know, to drive more of those high margin value based sales, right? And, uh, and at the end of the day, that's, I think, what most dealerships are looking for, um, you know, is to be able to find, again, those sweet spots, right? So, gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough for, you know, doing this interview with uh, me today. I've certainly learned a lot. And it's really nice to hear from uh, people that are actually in the field uh, doing this, uh, not just talking heads, but people whose livelihoods actually uh, depend on this. Uh, so really appreciate you sharing your experiences uh, and your wisdom. One of the things I do like to do before we close out the show is, if you could just give one piece of advice uh, to other dealers out there 
uh, looking to grow uh, post-pandemic, what would that be? And and Bob, is Avier already? Maybe you can start that. Uh, you know, I think you're going to have to uh, definitely look at some some of the services. You're going to have to transition into that. That's where the uh, you, you, that's you know the customer is interested in that, and, and you can bring value to it, and it's you know it's it's a lot less of a commodity. Great, and uh, Brian Stevens, and how about yourself? One piece of advice. Oh, uh, you know it's it's <laughs> yeah right. Well, you know it's so wild, and I don't want to blabber here too long, but we've never been so isolated in our working life. Like we've never been this isolated, and yet we're being told we have to sell differently. Our traditional customers buy less from us than they did two years ago. You know, our recurring revenues are down. Uh, we're dealing with these resignations. The future of work's difficult to pinpoint. Like all of this stuff is happening. And, and at least in Canada, we've been relatively locked down. And, uh, and so, so my advice would be understand the importance of agility right now and and I think the other component to this would be stay, stay dialed into our print community. So whatever that means to you as a, as a dealer or as a supplier partner to the community, that could be the BTA, it could be the MPSA, it could be Intech, it could be your local group of five or six or 10 dealers. Just try to come out of your hole um, because it's, everybody's been challenged with it. Well, I think it's a great answer, and I think it's a very sensitive answer, right? And that's certainly one thing that's kept me afloat, uh, you know, sort of in spirit uh, and also in my business world, has been the work through those associations, right? That, you know, that we are stronger together and, and uh, rising tides raise all ships. So, yeah, appreciate that answer. And Jeff Bendix, what about yourself? What uh, What's your one piece of advice? But uh, I saw a statistic not long ago that uh, over 60% of the workforce is either actively looking for or contemplating a career change. So that, you know, everybody's hiring. You can't drive by any business and they, they have a for sale sign, or excuse me, not for sale sign, a, a help wanted sign. But it can also be an opportunity because lots of people are looking to move, make a lateral movement, make a vertical movement. So for those of you looking to add additional services, People are interested in maybe new opportunities and may be interested in going down that journey with you, but uh, you need uh, you, you need somebody with some very, uh, very good skill sets in, in those. You can't jump into any layer of IT services without investing in the right people to help manage that for you. Or it, it can run you out of business. So everyone, uh, thank you very much for your time again, Bob, Brian, Jeff. And to our viewers and our listeners, thank you so much uh, for joining us for another episode of TigerTube, if you're watching, and for listening to another episode of Tiger Paw Radio. And until next time, I'm Wes McDonald, your host. Make sure you check out www.tigerpaw.com for more tailored learning for our channel. Thank you. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpod.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.